You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, as always, by DraftKings. Love having my original co-host, some might say my original co-founder of the Fantasy Feast Podcast, since he basically helped name it, my buddy Evan Silva on the show. Evan, always great to have you. Of course, you know him from Establish the Run. Look at He's got all the the backdrop, the whole deal. He's at Evan Silva on social media, still killing it at Establish the Run. Thanks so much for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I thought it was so awesome that that Tay-Tay uh, noticed you on the field uh, after the game on Sunday, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy for your success. You, you've been absolutely killing it, Ross. Thank you. I don't know if I would say she noticed me. I noticed her and I got her attention. <laughs> but she did say, oh, yeah, I know you. I know you. That's that enough. was good enough for me. That's right? enough. And I, you know what? That's I think that's probably about right. She probably knows there's a big former football player from my missing that talks to her dad. That's probably about, about the extent of it. And that's fine. That's good enough. I'm happy about it. I'm happy to have you on the show of course, everybody can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL and check us out at Ross Tucker Pod. Joe should be back next week. Joe Dolan, he is at the Senior Bowl, actually, um, down there in Mobile, talking with players and coaches and checking out some of the draft picks. So good for Joe to be down there in Mobile. Um, how are things going, by the way, before I move on with Establish the Run? Another good year for you guys? Another awesome year, uh, another year of growth, and um, yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier. I love it. Well, so there's a bunch of stuff to get into. I guess since the props are already up at DraftKings, and since you know the Super Bowl will be here before you know it, I did want to at least ask you uh, your thoughts on if there were any any prop bets. You probably haven't really dove into it yet, but anything that jumped out to you initially yeah i would say that some props are up i think that more props will uh come up as we get closer to the game certainly the the full menu should be available to us next week two props did stand out to me when i did uh, an early look at them debo samuel over 55 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 that's pretty close to even money um debo samuel you know, had the injury, uh, the the shoulder uh, uh, early in the playoffs, was a full practice participant all last week, was a huge part of the game plan. Has Was it going to be a huge part of the game plan in the game where he got hurt? He had two early catches, went out on the second drive, was a huge part of the game plan last week. He went eight for 89, had, I think, three rushing attempts. Over 55 and a half receiving yards for him, I think, is uh, is is a really good – uh, a, a really good overpick because he doesn't, you know, the way that the 49ers use him, he does, he's not going to have to square off with these stud Chiefs cornerbacks like like Brandon Ayuk might have to in this particular game because he doesn't run those isolation routes 
They get him on the, the layup routes. And so I, I think that he can absolutely deliver. The other one that I like is George Kittle at over 70, at over 47 and a half receiving yards at minus 130. A little bit of juice there, but another player who doesn't have to deal with the stud cornerbacks of the Chiefs. And I think, you know, he, God, he blocked his butt off in, in that, uh, in the uh, uh, NFC Championship game. I think they'll get him more uh, involved as a receiver against Kansas City in the middle of the field where I think you can beat up on the Chiefs a little bit as opposed to on the perimeter. You know, it's funny that everything you just said, um, Evan, I, I I think the logic is sound. It's actually why I liked Christian McCaffrey when I first looked at it, over 35 and a half receiving yards over at DraftKings. You know, his, his receptions number is four and a half is the over-under, right? Well, even if he just hits the under there and it's four, let's just say he catches four balls, they're only asking you to get nine yards a catch on those four catches to go over the 35 and a half. And maybe he has a couple that are like only five or six yards, but pretty good chance a couple would be like 15, 16 yards too. And I do think that is how Kyle Shanahan is going to attack them. The Chiefs do have good corners. And I think McCaffrey out of the backfield would be one of the better options. So I liked Christian McCaffrey over 35 and a half yards. What do you think? I think it's totally fine. I also think the uh, the idea of betting actually the under on Christian McCaffrey, his receptions, and then betting the over on his receiving yards. Sometimes when you do that like reverse correlation uh, in a parlay, uh, you can end up getting like really good plus money. So I would consider that if eight, and then if he goes four for 36, you hit both of your bets and you get like plus 300. I mean, that they, sometimes you, you get really good odds there. That's interesting. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about for sure is just all the new coordinators that are going around right now in the NFL. It, it makes a big difference. I, I guess – Maybe that's the first question that I have for you, Evan, is just in your experience. You've been doing this a long time now, man. Do we overrate, underrate, or properly rate the importance of coordinators when we're assessing fantasy football and the value of different players? Yeah, you mentioned I've done this a long time. I've gone through stages where I thought that oh, it's all about the players – Oh, uh, you know, the coaches, you know, almost create the players. And I think I've kind of leveled off that, you know, obviously they both have immense impacts and the, the play callers have immense impacts. Now, trying to forecast what the impact is going to be, especially for new coordinators, that can be difficult. But we're going to have a ton of new coordinators this year. So we got to try to get it right. I mean, there's already been, what, five or six? And there's like... 10 more openings or some crazy number like it's uh it's going to be a it, it's it's an off season of change at the offensive coordinator position i saw something i don't know what the exact stat was but it's like every coordinator's changed since 2021 or something in something yeah. just ridiculous like that um which by the way just as an aside evan that reinforces the ridiculous value of having a head coach like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan that 
is the head coach, but also the offensive play caller so that you don't lose that continuity and chemistry, right? Like that's why, you know, one of the things we're talking about today, I, I mentioned it on the Ross Tucker football podcast, the fact that Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick are staying in Detroit and Houston reportedly, that is gigantic, but also it's why I think in particular Washington, maybe Seattle really wanted those guys Mm -hmm. because that's what you want. Like you want the Shanahan McVay, I would argue LaFleur, Mike McDaniel model of we're going to have a top 10 offense and that's going to be our head coach. And, He's not going anywhere. You can't like hire him away from us. We we got him because otherwise you could have a top five offense like the Eagles uh, a year ago and then Steichen leaves or like the Lions this year and then Ben Johnson leaves, although it looks like he's going to be staying. Yeah, and it's also the argument against Mike McDonald, um, who, I mean, I think has done an unbelievable job Incredible uh, in, in Baltimore, unbelievable job. I mean, you, you just think of the personnel and what they got out of that pers- personnel. The triple crown, which I think has never been won before by a defense, the fewest points allowed, most sacks, most takeaways in the NFL. I think that's never been done before. And he did that with a bunch of almost misfits, you know, castoffs like Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but that's that's the argument against him is that. Hey, you know, you bring in a great OC, like he's going to get plucked. Um, and, and, you know, Mike, McDan- Mike, Mike McDonald will stay there, but he's going to have to continue to recycle OCs. I, you know, before we get into some of these, these new play callers in new cities, I did have a question. Brian Callahan gets the head coaching job with the Titans. And he's been the OC in Cincinnati. But he wasn't the play caller. Zach Taylor was. So when he goes to Nashville, do we try to figure out what he's going to do, what he's going to be? Do we put a lot of stock in what the Bengals were doing and Zach Taylor? Or do we say, listen, we don't really know. It was Zach Taylor calling the plays. Or do we say, listen, yeah, it was Zach Taylor calling the plays, but Callahan was there. They had success. He's probably going to do similar stuff. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I think that we, well, you know, I would say that every situation is independent and the Titans have so much change forthcoming that, you know, I mean, they've been a Derrick Henry centric offense for as long as we can remember. Um, so I, I, I would say we kind of throw up our hands a little bit because, as you mentioned, Brian Callahan was not the engine, not the, you know, the, the the top engineer of that offense in Cincinnati, number one. And number two, we have such we, we have an, an immense amount of personnel and scheme change forthcoming. They have to remake remake their offensive line. You know, I assume that Brian Callahan is going to ride with um Will Levis, although I don't even think that that's necessarily a guarantee he's an, an inherited second round quarterback. There's just there's so much going on there that I don't know. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to explore that one, you know, go through it as it comes. Here's what I know, Evan. Whether you're hosting game day or moving night, 
DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're like Evan Silva. You're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese. Sauce, other toppings, comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It is not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Evan, you know how I roll. You got to have something to wash it down. Drink all we drank in Buffalo. Labatt Blue Lights. Bledsoe, the tight ends, the O-line. Drink Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always knew a responsibly beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. Really curious to pick your brain on some of these new coordinator hires. Let's start with Kellen Moore in Philadelphia because I felt I was shocked, Evan, that the Cowboys fired him a year ago. I thought that was a disaster. Kudos to Mike McCarthy. Cowboys offense was legit. And I don't really know what happened to the Chargers offense this year. Yeah. What it seemed to me like they had so many chips in on Mike Williams. And they had him for three games. Their offense was really good for three games. And then when they lost him for the season, like the bottom fell out and Quentin Johnston gave him almost nothing. And Austin Eckler had the early high ankle sprain. And that's an injury that will just torpedo a season. He's getting older as well. They leaned so heavily on Keenan Allen, uh, who, and I don't think that they wanted to do that from the start. They didn't really get much from their tight end position. So I, they they also their offensive line was I think a little bit disappointing. Definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the Lindsley thing was huge. I was just gonna say losing Corey Lindsley, but it's like they they would lose one guy in a spot, whether it be a wide receiver or at center, and then why would that unit just collapse? That that's a little bit scary to me. Uh, but hey, he's gonna inherit a really good offensive line in Philly a really talented quarterback, really talented wideouts, really talented tight end. Um, I, I think that he has shown some ability to maximize talent, but it does concern you that, you know, you lose one dude, Corey Lindsay or Mike Williams in a particular unit. And like all of a sudden that unit goes to crap. Especially when it felt like in Dallas, they were always losing a lineman. He had Cooper rush out there and they were winning games yeah. and, and moving the ball. It, it, I feel like I, it's probably good for A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, Kellen Moore likes to chuck the rock. Yeah. I don't remember him being a huge tight end guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Although I guess Dalton Schultz and those guys put up pretty decent numbers in Dallas. Dalton Schultz had a, had a big year. I mean, he got the franchise tag one year. Yeah, good point. So maybe it is a pretty good thing for Goddard. Probably not great for the Eagles running backs, but we don't even know who they're going to be. DeAndre Swift is a free agent, so – that will be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, any other thoughts on Kellen Moore and Philly? No, I mean, I think I, we generally agree about him. All right, Shane Waldron with the Bears. Did a nice job the last couple of years with Geno Smith. I guess we kind of need to know who the Bears quarterback is, but yeah, your thoughts on what Waldron could mean for guys like DJ Moore, Cole Komet, et cetera. I thought that he was a talent maximizer in Seattle, um, dealing with, especially this past year, 
major issues on the offensive line, uh, specifically at offensive tackle. I thought that Charles Cross took a little bit of a step back and Abe Lucas like wasn't there. And their interior was like always a, a work in progress due to injuries as well. So, um, and, and he goes to sh- Chicago, like, see, I, I had this opinion that the Bears offensive line is actually underrated. And uh, Justin Fields is a, a player that because he holds onto the ball for so long, that he makes the offensive line look worse. Um, I, I think that they're going to change their quarterback, and that is going to be the ultimate determiner of success for Shane Waldron. But I think that this was a pretty good hire. Actually, a lot of people wanted Eberflus out here. I live uh, in Chicago. A lot of people wanted Eberflus out. See, I thought that he did a really good job with the defense, and bringing in an offensive coordinator like this, you know, from the uh, Sean McVay tree, that tree has had a lot of success. I, th- I think this is actually a smart move by the Bears, uh, but they have to get the quarterback right now. Totally agree, um, really across the board, with what you just said on Waldron. Eber- I mean, the Bears came back to – they were pretty darn good at the end of the year. I mean, they were, what, five and three, and the three losses were to playoff teams. They had big leads on the Lions and Browns. I mean – Should have beat the um, Lions twice. What's that? Should have beat the Lions twice. Yeah. No, you're right. It's impressive. All right. What are we thinking about Dave Canales, the new head coach in Carolina, and what that means for Bryce Young and the guys down there? It's such a a, 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 a still like a rebuild in Carolina that I – I don't know. I, I think it's a scary situation. We can talk about what Dave Canales has done in the past, though. He was Geno Smith's quarterback coach during his breakout year in 2022. And then he goes to Tampa Bay and does a great job with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was the 37th highest paid quarterback in 2023 and had a really good season, really chucking the ball up to Mike Evans and to a little bit less extent, um, uh, Chris Godwin. I just think that, man, they, they need players in Carolina. And I, I still it still rubs me the wrong way that the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft was a, a quarterback who's five foot ten, 190. I mean, he looks so small out there. He doesn't really, you know, he 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 can run, but that's not a big part of his game. I, I, I think the work is cut out for Dave Canales in Carolina. So you're really anti-Bryce Young. <sighs> I just I don't know. I mean, he I, I think that he showed almost nothing promising as a rookie, and he's five foot ten, one ninety. I don't know. I'll say this: uh, yeah. he has a long way to go, and uh, there's not a great track record for guys like that getting there. But we'll see. The irony of that, to me, Evan, is I think they thought their old line was going to be pretty good. But they brought in yeah. Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, because they wanted him to have veteran guys to work with. And I think they thought they were going to compete for the division. And another thing, I know that he that the the internal inside the league, the comparison that a lot of teams made to, to Bryce Young was Drew Brees. Do you know how perfect you have to be to Drew to be Drew Brees? Drew Brees is not like a high-level physical talent. So that means that he has to be almost error-free. He has to be 
fundamentally like he, he doesn't make fundamental mistakes. He can't make he, he doesn't make any mistakes. Drew Brees was like the perfect fundamental quarterback. That's what you have to be to succeed with that level of skill. And that's just, you know, Drew Brees is like an outlier and it's tough to make comparisons, I think, to guys who are outliers. There's like a graveyard full of guys that remind people of Drew Brees or the next Drew Brees. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Any quarterback that's six foot, he's like Drew Brees. No, he's not. Drew Brees was a machine, an absolute machine. He's so smart, so accurate. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, these next two are really interesting. Okay, let's go to the Steelers and Arthur Smith. I mean, you want to talk about a coordinator that seems perfectly suited for at least the reputation or the mindset of what the team wants to do or be? That is Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh. What Arthur Smith wants to do is who I think Art Rooney wants the Steelers to be. (laughs) Yeah. So the people that I talk to, you know, in like the fantasy community, they're like, Arthur Smith, not him again. He couldn't get the ball to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And, you know, look, I think that Arthur Smith as a head coach was obviously a, a failure. And, um, you know, hitching his wagon to Desmond Ritter and, you know, having like a problem, like a, a like an attitude problem with the media all the time didn't help him. And, you know, not not being able to get the ball to his playmakers consistently, you know, all the, the weird stuff that happened with Bijan Robinson. Um, the, the, the taste is bad in the mouths of fantasy people regarding Arthur Smith. But I really liked him as an OC in Tennessee, and I think that this is the perfect match for him. The Steelers can really run block, and they've got two solid backs that they use. And they obviously they need to find a quarterback, you know. And I, I don't know if Kenny, it's not looking like Kenny Pickett is the guy right now. They need to find a quarterback. But the way that they want to play, this it's perfect. It's actually a perfect match, and I think that Arthur Smith can build on what the Steelers kind of figured out after they got rid of Matt Canada uh, in into 2024. I actually like the hire. I do too. Uh, I think he's kind of perfect. I mean, if he just does the stuff they did in Tennessee, I think that's a pretty good start for what they want to do and can do in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's great. Uh, and then what about, Zach Robinson with the Falcons. I mean, honestly, Evan, everybody wanted him, and I don't blame them at all because he's thought of as the next guy, the next guy with the Kevin O'Connell and the McDaniel and all, all that tree. He's thought of the next guy. And I can tell you this, I was on the sideline for the Rams and Lions, and that was Stafford's guy. Like every time he came off, it was Stafford and Zach Robinson. Those were the two guys talking and going over things. He was the guy. I think he's ready for this. That's really interesting. You say everybody wanted him because I, I you know, I'm not necessarily. You're look. You're you're way more plugged in than I am. I was not necessarily aware of that. I'm, I'm rooting for him because he's a P, he's got the PFF background. Uh, he's got the McVeigh background. I I really like the hire. Again, they need a quarterback in Atlanta. They really do. That's the part 
I think that I feel bad about Evan for Arthur Smith. Like, imagine you get one chance to be a head coach and you never have a top 20 quarterback. I mean, they didn't even have a top 25 quarterback. Maybe Matt Ryan was that first year when he was, he's probably top 25 that first year, maybe even top 20. But my point is, you know, you look at like the season win total 11, they were like at four and a half those first two years where Arthur Smith won seven games each. He 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 way exceeded expectations the first two years. It was this last year that he didn't meet the expectations. And that's one of those where like, if you're going to go with Ritter, you got to make sure the owner's like on board with that. Otherwise, you got to try to get somebody better than that or a better option. Maybe they thought Heineke was that. Yeah, I mean, that, crazy. that's Listen, the story of their season. What you got to do is you got to check him out on social media at Evan Silva because he is the man, my original co-host. Love what he does to establish the run. Love having him on the show. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We are done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 